My name is Lucy. I'm a compulsive overeater and a bulimic. Thank you. I'm very nervous. I'm very nervous. Um, I haven't been to this meeting, I believe, since it was in another location, and I don't know how long it's been here, but probably a long time. So um, I think I'll just start with uh, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, I started coming to a program in 1990, so it's been 24 years. Um, And I have, last week I celebrated 24 years of abstinence. Um, It's imperfect. It's imperfect, um, but it's mine, so it's perfectly fine for me. Um, And uh, when I came here, I was um, obsessed with my body and my weight and what I ate and what you ate and and how if, if I liked the way you looked, how I could eat like you eat. And uh, that took up a lot of time. Um, I would say that took up, yeah, a lot of time, a lot of time. Um, I was uh, in a, I also was a champion dieter, and um, I could, I could rattle off calorie counts. I have like a little computer going in here, so uh, I can do incredible amounts of addition. Um, and I can also, um, my method uh, to get rid of whatever I had consumed was I would go to the gym and I would get on the treadmill, whatever happened to be available, a class. A treadmill was good because it actually showed how many calories you burned and I really liked that because then I could start subtracting. Um, so. That's my story. I also, you know, always like to share this, but just to let you know where I was at with it, um, when I was at the gym, if I got to the gym and other people were on the treadmills, I wasn't getting off that treadmill until everyone who had been there when I got there was gone. And if I happened to encounter someone as sick as I was, I was in big, big trouble. (laughs) Because I would not leave there. And I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I left the gym shaking. That's funny and not funny because um, it was very serious. Um, I've passed out from this um, disease. I've literally gotten out of bed in the morning and hit the deck. Um, and I've told people I love about this, and no one seemed to think it was really that, that big of a deal. Even doctors didn't seem to think it was that big of a deal because I looked good. Um, we know now that actually is a really big deal. Um, this disease is deadly. I've seen many people who have not made it. Um, I've been here 24 years, so I've seen a lot. Um, and uh, so that was what it was like. And um, I also, you know, on the outside looked pretty good. I was a normal weight. I was, you know, achieving outside in the world. I had a good job. All of this stuff. I went to really good schools. Um, my family looked really good. But inside, I could not, I really couldn't function very well. Ended up in a place where um, I couldn't do my job anymore. Um, And I'll tell you something. I never had, my story is not one of tremendous weight gain or tremendous weight loss. It's all in here. It was all in here. And um, I was at a place where I didn't want to leave the house. 
because I was convinced that I was really just too awful looking to be in your world, you know. And so um, that's what it was like when I walked into my first meeting. I walked into my first meeting at the Log Cabin on Robertson. And um, many of you probably remember Doris. Doris was at my first meeting. I, she was, um, she's unfortunately no longer with us on this planet, but she was an amazing woman. And um, I sat in the corner and I cried for the whole meeting. Didn't talk to anybody, didn't make any eye contact. Don't even know if I, I must have raised my hand to be a newcomer because at the end of the meeting, she came over to me and she handed me her phone number and she said, keep coming back. <laughs> kind of barked it at me uh, didn't really know what to make of that and um, but I did I don't know why I did honestly I don't know why I kept coming back at that point because I didn't really want to be here to be honest I mean I really thought it was weird people were talking about God I grew up in a very secular household culturally we were Jewish but you know it didn't uh, no one talked about God that was not considered cool where I grew up um, that was not for you know smart people and um, that was a very important um, characteristic in my household growing up to be smart and I was smart so that was you know that was rewarded but the problem is is that as smart as I was I was still stuck in here in my head and um, and I couldn't seem to think my way out of it I couldn't seem to think my way out of it very emotional it was a very it was a it was which covered the microphone it was a very uh, emotional thing for me to go through um, so um, when I got to that meeting I listened and I didn't really understand what was going on and but I kept going and Frankly, because I didn't have a whole lot going on at that time, you know, I was pretty much at the bottom. Um, and uh, a lot of people didn't know that, but I really was. Um, and uh, I kept going, and I really went to meetings most days in the beginning. I just kept showing up, and I didn't really understand what anyone was talking about. I didn't understand the steps, didn't understand the traditions, didn't know why people were talking about God, but I did see some people who had what I wanted. So that was enough, to, and, and I also heard that some people weren't obsessing anymore. And I really just desperately wanted to stop obsessing. I desperately wanted that. Um, and because what I found was that with each diet that I went on, um, it would work, and I would get to the weight that I thought I should be for a few minutes. And then as soon as I was there, I would start eating. Because I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know what to do with myself. So um, I, I started working with a sponsor, and I worked with several sponsors in my time in OA. Um, I loved every single one of them. I loved, and every single one of them did something for me and um, were amazing in their own way. And as time went on, I, you know, I changed sponsors for a variety of reasons, not one reason in particular. Um, and I started, and I worked the steps. And I continue, um, for my recovery, I need to do a 10-step pretty much daily um, because 
for me, what I've found is that I'm a person who is just riddled with resentment. You know, riddled. I mean, and it can come back in a heartbeat. I mean, someone can do one thing to me and all of a sudden I am that kid again and I am angry. It's going to say something else. I am angry. And I uh, am back there, and, I, and you know what I want to do? I want to eat. I want to eat, or I want to not eat, or I want to go to the gym, or I want to do something to get rid of that feeling. That's what I want to do. So, um, for me, this program, the difference with this program compared to all the other things that I did before, which were diets, so this program offered me a spiritual solution, which in turn led to my um, obsession lessening. And I'm here to tell you after 24 years that I am so imperfect that I still have days where I wake up and I, the thoughts come in and I have to literally ask God, please remove these because here I am again. Here I am again. Because I am a compulsive overeater. I am a bulimic. Those are the things that, that I will do when, when the opportunity presents itself if I do not have a program of recovery. That's just my story. And um, let's see. So in terms of, uh, you know, going through this process, over the many years, it's changed. I don't go to as many meetings as I did. I mean, and the reason for that is because I worked the program so hard that actually my life completely changed. And what happened was that um, I thought when I came to the program, I had this whole vision of what my life was supposed to be. And I found out after a while, uh, no, I don't really want those things. And I, then I didn't know what I wanted. So then I spent many years not knowing what I wanted in the program and kind of just being. And then what happened was... And I don't even, I can't possibly explain it, but it was like, um, and I believe this is a God thing. Um, I uh, found out that I had a different purpose, and I went back to school because that's what I do. I have many degrees. And, uh, you know, but, but it worked for me. And I went back to school. I got yet another degree, and I started, I started a whole new career. And it's like, it has changed my whole life because what happened was is that I started to become um, aware that I had a lot of, um, I had something to give. And then when I found out that I had something to give, the weirdest thing happened. The obsession, the, the volume went down, you know? And and every time that I find myself in a situation where I have something to give, the volume gets turned down. And it was a beautiful thing for me. Um, so, um, that being said, you know, my program might not look like everyone else's program. You know, for instance, I'm in a service position, what I do, I give a lot of service in my job. You know, currently I don't sponsor anyone, and, you know, and controversial or not, that's what works for me. I don't have a lot left at the end of the day, you know, and a lot of times what I need to do is take really good care of myself so then I can show up again. That's my story. You know, I give service in other ways. I give service at meetings. I have a home meeting that I love, that I go to 
as much as I can on a weekly basis. And if I can't make that one, I definitely show up at another one. And I have a few others. I have to ramp it up at times if I'm actually, if I feel like I really need more support, I go to more meetings, I make more phone calls, I do more writing. I continue to do my 10 step because that's really important. After 24 years too, I have to say that my, the, the amazing part of this is that I've made these amazing connections in these rooms. So there are people that I can call, you know, and say, this is, this is the story, this is what's going on. And they're like, uh-huh, yeah, thanks for calling. And you know what, sometimes that's all I need. I don't need necessarily a solution. I just need to be heard, and I need someone to just meet me exactly where I'm at. And that's enough, you know, and then I continue with my day. And I didn't, you know, for me, frankly, growing up, I didn't have that. You know, no one, I was, my, the message that I got was, okay, uh, I don't know if anyone in this room can relate to this, but I was uh, what you would call too sensitive. So, <laughs> right, okay, thanks for the laughter. It makes me feel better. It makes me feel not alone. Um, so, I was too sensitive so that, you know, for instance, uh, I would cry. You know, something would happen and I would cry and then I would be told, you're too sensitive, stop crying, instead of, what's the matter, sweetie? What's going on? <laughs> I mean, that was really all I needed, but that's not what I got. What I got in these rooms was actually, I hear you. I hear you. And that was really, it was like a revelation to me. It was a revelation. And then... What I found was that after I started doing that, people would ask me, you know, sponsors especially, would ask me something like, you know, what do you think would happen if, you're, if you asked your higher power to remove that? What do you think would happen if you, if you actually prayed about that? It never occurred to me. And sometimes, I'll tell you, even more recently, still doesn't occur to me. Not like that. Sometimes, if I'm in a real pickle, you know, and I'm feeling really funky, it may not occur to me. And that phone call, oh, because I'm really good at letting you know about your higher power. Sometimes I'm not so good about remembering about mine. And I believe that we all have one. I, you know, that's my belief. And um, so that being said, um, I really, I feel fortunate to have found these rooms because I believe that, you know, in my, in my uh, lifetime, I have many people in my life, family members, friends, who are suffering in different ways and don't, and there isn't an identified thing, like for instance what we have, you know, compulsive overeater, I'm a bulimic. These are things that I can identify, I have a place to go. There are a lot, there's a lot of suffering in the world, and a lot of people don't have an identified thing. And I'll tell you, this is the craziest thing. And when someone said this to me um, once, the first, I mean, sorry, I've heard it a million times, but the first time I heard it, I thought it was completely crazy. Grateful, abstaining, compulsive, overeater, and bulimic. I said, what the heck is that? <laughs> that makes no sense to me at all. I don't want to be here. If I didn't have this, I wouldn't be here. And that's true. Thank you. And that's true. 
But that being said, um, I am grateful today because what happens is that I do have something I can identify. I do have a place to go. And, um, and the other part of that is, is that when I'm in a situation where someone is suffering and there isn't an identifiable thing, I can still be with them and tolerate that because I know what that's like. I know. And so what, you know, the other thing which I think that this program taught me was compassion for myself. And when I became compassion, compassionate towards myself, I could give it to you. I couldn't do it until I, until I started with me. I just couldn't do it, you know, not on a consistent basis. I mean, it was kind of fake. You know, it was like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, whatever. And then it's like, what about me? You know, um, I don't, I don't feel that way anymore. And um, so, you know, I, I would encourage people. You know, there are a few newcomers here, and a lot of people have been here a long time, probably longer than I have. But um, what I would encourage, you know, anyone who hasn't been here that long, just keep coming back. Because what happened for me was that it wasn't an instantaneous process. It took me a long time to even, the idea of a higher power was like, you know, that, I mean, like I said, very, very foreign, very weird, totally against everything that I had been raised to believe, didn't make a lot of sense to me. I had to really come to a place of acceptance and also turning off this brain, which you know, is going all the time, telling me a lot of, you know, again, had to edit, okay, a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff. So um, I think that's really all I have to share today. I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts, your questions, and um, thanks for letting me share. Um, this is the time for questions only. There's no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Um, this is recorded. And um, also, if I could ask you again um, to use the name Lucy today. Um, and uh, 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 please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Okay, the question was, do I have intense screaming, resentments where I feel highly agitated and how the problem, how the program, <laughs> how the program helps me with that? Great. Thanks. Great question. No, I have none of those. I don't know what you're talking about. No. Thank you for the question. Um, yes, 
I, I am, like I said, I am a resentment-filled uh, person, um, and um, I'm really grateful because coming to these rooms has helped. And the way, the way it's helped is I actually do have to ask my higher power, especially um, for me personally, when I'm triggered, when I'm feeling resentful, I can feel it in my body. It's not just the voice in my head. I can feel it. I get tense. I've kind of um, trained myself. When I, when I start to really notice what's going on, I literally can, I will excuse myself, you know, and maybe go outside, go to the bathroom, get some privacy, and just ask my higher power to please remove it. And I would tell you that, you know, it doesn't happen as often as it used to. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's different now. I, I find that after working the program for so many years, what happens is, is that it's a little more, um, I, my connection is better. So that a lot of times I find myself acting in a way which I'm kind of amazed at. And I think, who said that? Because it's actually really kind of loving and kind. And I'm like, what? But that it's, that I really do, I mean, I, I like to think that I can go there more often now since I've been working a program. But I, I really do believe it's based on a connection to a higher power. Thank you so much. You mentioned um, having anger. Let's just go back into, like, psychotherapy and five days a week. If you dig to the bottom of that, then I can cure this disease. The question is, um, uh, because uh, my anger as a child, do I think that if I went to psychotherapy five days a week and, and found the, the, the uh, yeah, the nut, that um, I could, you know, be cured? Yeah. Um, no. Um, yeah, I, you know, um, that being said, I have, you know, um, for my own reasons, a great belief in psychotherapy. Um, I really do. But um, what I've found is that there are certain things that um, even if I knew every single reason for every single thing I did, it, it ultimately, it, it's bigger than that for me because it literally, um, it's beyond the reasons at this point. The reasons are over, you know. What, what's happening now is happening now, and I'm having these reactions now, and I need to learn how to manage my life today. And yes, I'm a big believer in psychotherapy, and I do believe that it's very helpful in finding out those reasons, but in dealing with my behavior today, this, this is a better plan for me. The whys never got me any relief long-term. I could, I could tell you, I mean, I, I mean, listen, self-knowledge, I'm, you know, big on that. But it, it, you know, talk about self-knowledge availed us nothing. I mean, for me, that, that's not entirely true. It did avail me something. It just didn't avail me relief of the symptoms of this disease. The question was, how do you slow yourself down and have trust um, that it's okay to slow yourself down? Um, or do I? <laughs> um, oh, that's a good question. You know, for the most part, that is, I have to do that. I mean, like, it's not, it's not a question of, like, um, do I slow myself down? If I don't slow myself down, I will be back in it pretty fast. So, for me, um, the slowing down really comes from... Um, 
I like to picture, and I don't know if this works for anyone, but like a giant like delay button. Because my problem is, is that as soon as I have an emotion, I feel like I need to do something about it. And actually what I found is that I don't have to do anything. I actually just have to feel it. That's it. And that is very uncomfortable. So, um, you know, for someone who spends a lifetime trying to get away from it. So what I found is that, um, again, it's a spiritual, you know, journey for me. I have to also ask my higher power, and this is a hard one, is that because I believe that whenever I felt something, it was then going to last forever. And so that hasn't been my experience. But even so, each time I have an uncomfortable feeling, there is that belief that somehow it will last forever. And I have to ask my higher power, you know, please help me sit with this until it passes. Because it always passes. It just does. And that's like good or bad news depending on where you are, right? Because you could be having a really great time. And then that's going to pass too. Yeah. Okay, so the question is, um, it, uh, are there periods where you feel like you haven't achieved uh, a lot um, academically or um, professionally and how, what the effect that has on your self-esteem, right? Okay, so yes, um, actually a very long period. Um, I definitely have, I, I, I uh, my story is one of um, really basing my whole life on my achievements. I mean, I really thought that that, that was who I was. And uh, by the time I got here, a lot of that stuff, it seemed, had become, um, I don't want to say, it, it just, it, it kind of, I found myself on a path that I didn't really understand, and it wasn't even working for me. I really wasn't achieving what I thought I should be achieving, and I didn't, and I didn't even want what I thought I had wanted. And so, for me, there was a long period of time where I didn't know what direction to go in, and probably to the outside world, I, you know, I didn't look so hot, and I didn't feel so hot. And I mean, it, to be honest with you, it was very difficult. And, um, and, but what I found is that if I could, if I could take my ego and put it over to the side for a moment and start focusing on, you know, being, being more like a part of the rest of the world instead of this little island of achievement where everything was based on what I had or what I did or what I accomplished, then, um, it, it just became easier for me to be um, one of many. And um, I was, you know, again, not raised that way. You know, uh, that was not valued. That was not, um, you know, what uh, I was told to do. And I was a very good girl. So I did what I was told to do, which was achieve, achieve, achieve. It just didn't get me anywhere. Because I just, I was based... I was basing what, what I felt about myself, the esteem part, on what you thought about me. And it just didn't work for me. And um, I can honestly tell you today, I mean, it's still there. It's just much quieter. Much quieter. Yeah. I have a question related to that answer. 
Um, the question was how in family of origin issues when you come from a secular family how do you then um, uh, deal with that family as a faith-based person is that yeah. pretty good okay um, so uh, <laughs> my family has not changed one iota about this <laughs> not not uh, not a tiny little step um, so we don't really, you know, I have a pretty good relationship with my family today. And it's not, we don't really have those discussions. They know how I feel. So, um, you know, I think they're still to this day surprised each time though it comes up. They're like, really? You know? And, um, and I say, yeah. And, um, and um, it's okay, you know, I mean, like, I, I, I guess what happened for me along, you know, when I was growing up, I felt like everyone had to feel the way I felt. I don't feel that way today. I mean, I, I really want to be okay with someone not feeling the way I feel. Because if I can't get there, then I'm going to be very lonely. And I actually, you know... We all come, we all have family stories, but I love my family exactly how they are. Yeah, they drive me crazy sometimes, but so what? You know, I, my choice, because I, I didn't, my choice is to have them in my life, and if my choice is to have them in my life, I have to accept them just as they are, completely different from me. And, um, and whether or not they accept me, and I know this is kind of like a little bit woo-woo, but to be honest with you, it's none of my business. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, yeah, that's a good question. So the question is the cognitive dissonance. The idea that, you know, even though I'm acting in good faith and not acting out, still having the feelings. And what do you do with the feelings? That's Okay. Uh, no. Yes. Yes. When she says no, she means yes. I do. I understand that. Um, I do understand that. Um, and I felt it many times. And, and you know, for me, um, the feeling, the hard part is that to, to be okay with the feelings and to allow them to be and to not act out on them in the beginning in, in particular is so uncomfortable because it's like um, sometimes uh, I work with people sometimes and they'll say this to me and I love this so much, they'll say, I feel like my head is going to explode. And I say, I know, but if you Google it, <laughs> if you, and that's how we know when things are true. If you Google it, you will find out that no one's head has exploded from a feeling ever in the history of feeling. So here's the thing. I try to remember that, and then, and then I, I, I take it to my higher power and I say, you know what, I'm not, you know, even though I'm acting this way, I feel like my head will explode. And, um, and I, and again, it's that, you know, I sound a bit like a broken record, but it's that big delay button. And I really just allow myself to sit in this discomfort. And when I sit in the discomfort, what I find is that a lot of times, um, an interesting thing happens is that, um, one question I, I love to ask myself when I'm in that discomfort is how old do I feel right about now? <laughs> okay. And for me, that, that could range anywhere from seven to, you know, 
47. I mean, it really can be any age at all, but it's usually pretty young. And, um, and in that moment, I really, I really ask God to help me be here in this moment and, and just really know that, that I'm not alone because that, those bad feelings, that dissonance tells me, you know, it wants to say you are completely alone and you will never get through this and you are not okay. And that is, and in my, I really do believe, a part of me believes, a bigger part of me than before, that that is not true. Because my higher power got me here. So then that means that, you know, I have an opportunity to get through this experience too. But it's, that's not to say that it's easy. Sometimes it's just super uncomfortable and you just, you know, just want to shake it off. And sometimes that's like literally what I have to do is shake it off, maybe go for a walk, just get away from it for a moment and allow it to just pass through me. Thank you, Sarah. Um, sort of piggybacking on other questions, can you talk a little bit specifically about your journey from going from secular to accepting the idea of higher power and developing something that works for you, whether that's changed? Yeah, um, it, the question was about the journey from um, being very secular to, to having a higher power, and if that has changed along the, you know, my relationship with the higher power has changed along that journey. My concept. Thank you. Um, yes, it has changed, that's for sure. Um, I would say the first few years in program, I kind of was just showing up. I didn't really... Um, the God thing, I mean, I remember when people would talk about God, I really didn't want to say that word. Um, it was very uncomfortable for me. Uh, um, I remember, I remember actually um, in some of the, thank you, in some of the um, meetings, they would say the Lord's Prayer at the end of the meeting, and that made me super uncomfortable, super uncomfortable. And, and, you know, it's not my religion. I didn't understand. Don't do that, right? You know, just a lot of wah-wah. And, um, and, you know, I don't, you know, I couldn't tell you the day or the year even, but what happened was eventually was that, um, I like to think of it as kind of a softening, is that, you know, because, because I was so indoctrinated to this idea that, God or higher power was really only for people who weren't that smart. It really took me, I mean, I know, really, that was the message. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm sorry if that offends anyone, but that really was the message that I got, whether or not that was what they intended, which I think it was, but whether or not that was what they intended, that was the message I got. So that being said, you know, it was very uncomfortable for me, and it was a process. And, and what happened was is that along the way, somehow, I realized that actually... Um, and I found this in many areas of my life. When I'm fighting something super hard, it's because it is actually something that I am um, interested in or it, it somehow triggers something in me. And so, and it actually, the, the harder I fought it, the more I realized, oh my God, what if I just kind of put, put that stuff down for a moment and explored this? And as soon as I did that, it was so not a big deal. It was so not a big deal. And all the judgment I had, I mean, you know, from just even turning on the television and hearing someone say the word God, which just flipped me out, you know. Nothing bothers me about spirituality anymore. Any, and even religion and stuff like that, that it's not mine. 
I really, you know, for me, I can just listen to someone. One of my favorite writers uses, you know, a Christian God, and I have to say that all I do is I just, like, automatically in my head, I just kind of transpose it to my higher power. And it's fine. It's kind of like, um, I, I, I feel like this journey has brought me to a place where now it's like uh, as soon as I became willing to accept that in my life, I was able to accept people as they are, you know, in a much, in a, in a way that um, has brought me a lot of peace. And really, it's, you know, even though this all started out as a journey to, um, to, to um, stop binging and, and over-exercising and all that stuff, what, what, for me, what happened was this is a journey towards some sort of uh, serenity or peace. Sure. Um, the question was, has a specific relationship changed since, um, since being in program? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a family member who, um, I'm not going to say which one, but uh, this person um, was, uh, oh, you know, I, I just, I felt so frustrated all the time I was around this person. I felt like, like, you know, I just didn't know what to do with myself. I was so angry all the time. And, um... I don't have that relationship with that with this person now, I, and, and there are times where I still get angry. And when I get angry, I'll say the gender. I'll, when I get angry with her, it's like um, I really, I, I really try to go as much as I can in that moment. And sometimes I can't do this very well. And sometimes I literally have to excuse myself because I'm going to flip out. Um, but not very often anymore. And whereas, you know, before when I dealt with this person, I would really be so angry all the time that I really didn't have a relationship with her. I just couldn't. Because I was always in my own way. Because I thought she should act the way I thought she should act. And she really... And, you know, I'm not going to say she hasn't changed over the years. She has. And, but it's not about that. It's really that my expectations of her change. I don't... I, you know, I... I I don't, uh, I genuinely don't feel angry most of the time with her. And even, and when she goes back to these old behaviors, I go, okay, you know, like, this is, this is what I can expect. And it's okay, and she has her higher power. And I, you know, and even if she doesn't believe it, you know, because that's the thing is that I can't force someone to believe something that I believe. But I can use it to repair my relationship with them. Okay, well, that's my time.